Hey, Christ community, happy 4th of July weekend to all of you wherever you are. If you're traveling, enjoying family, we are so glad that you are engaging in this service, this very special weekend in which we as a nation are celebrating the signing of the Declaration of Independence on July 4th, 1776. You know, I hadn't read the entire Declaration of Independence for decades, so I pulled it up recently, a few days ago, actually pulled it up online. And I read what Thomas Jefferson had written and what all of those brave founding fathers had signed. And I was intrigued by a particular phrase near the end of this Declaration of Independence where Thomas Jefferson wrote these words. And for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence. Right in the middle of this closing statement of the Declaration of Independence was a Declaration of Dependence acknowledging a firm reliance on God. And we as a church are going verse by verse through one of the foundational documents of our faith, the the Sermon on the Mount, which is a sermon that Jesus gave in Matthew chapters five to seven. And not surprisingly, right in the middle of the sermon, Jesus articulates for us a declaration of dependence on God. It's found in a very familiar passage of scripture known as the Lord's Prayer. And in this section, Jesus is teaching us how to pray. Now think about that. Jesus is teaching us how to pray. This is like Stephen Curry teaching you how to shoot a basketball. This is like taking a tennis lesson from Roger Federer or a singing lesson from Carrie Underwood. I mean, in this passage, we have Jesus, the son of God, teaching us how to pray. I mean, how many of us want to grow in our, in, in our prayer life? Well, Jesus shows us right here. Matthew 6, beginning in verse 9. This then, he says, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, throughout the history of the church, people have realized the significance of these words, but they have often applied them in a very narrow sort of way, focusing on saying the exact words in a worship service or or wherever. Now, that's fine to do that, and we do that occasionally in our services, but the significance of this prayer goes way beyond us simply reciting the words. In fact, if that's the only way that we're using this prayer, I think we're missing something huge. What Martin Luther and others throughout the history of the church realized is that this Lord's Prayer is not simply a prayer to be recited. It provides a template for us to use as a pattern for prayer. So within this prayer, there are six areas that Jesus focuses on, and each one of them is an important aspect of a healthy prayer life. Now, this is significant because for many of us, even those of us who consider ourselves pretty knowledgeable about prayer, our prayer experience over time can subconsciously get into a rut where we tend to focus only on praying for our own needs or we only focus on praying for people in crisis or maybe we offer up a thank you to God every once in a while. But we are missing some of the areas of prayer that Jesus intentionally included in his prayer life. It's sort of like with exercise, you know, let's say you're you're really into weightlifting. And so every day you go to the gym to lift weights. I mean, that's really impressive. But what if when you get to the gym, 
you only do bicep curls. So you, every day you go in and you do hundreds and hundreds of bicep curls. I mean, it sounds like a Geico commercial, right? But your, your arms will look amazing, but the rest of your body will look sort of anemic. A healthy exercise routine engages multiple areas consistently, not just one. And the same thing is true in prayer. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus reveals to us six different areas of prayer, all of which are important. But if our prayer life consistently only includes one or two of these things, there there are going to be areas in our lives that God wants to speak into and move in. But because we're not spending any time in this area, we will miss out. Our soul will miss out on some wonderful things that it needs. So in this amazing prayer that Jesus teaches us, we discovered the core elements of a healthy prayer life. I mean, this prayer has literally changed my life. Years ago, I was going on a prayer retreat with some pastors and in the van on the way to our location, I was sitting with a friend, a pastor friend of mine, a deep man of prayer, a guy named Brian Severin, uh, who has since passed away. Uh, Just an amazing man. I love praying with him because he had this incredible familiarity with God, you know, like a Moses. Um, And I just admired his prayer life and I wanted to learn from him. So as we were sitting in the back of this van, I just asked him, hey, Brian, what tool or resource or book has been the most helpful for you in your developing this amazing life of prayer that you have. And I thought he would give me, you know, the title of some book or maybe some teaching to listen to. Without hesitation, he responded, it's when I learned to pray the Lord's Prayer, using the prayer of Jesus as my own pattern for praying. So I started doing that years ago, and I've been doing it ever since. Not not in a legalistic way. It, it, It really is just my primary guide or paradigm for my practice of prayer. And it has had a huge impact on my spiritual life. So what I want us to do today is explore this prayer from this perspective so that if you're new to prayer or if you struggle in prayer or maybe you've been praying for decades, your prayer life can be impacted in a positive way as we open our heart and we learn from Jesus. And what we will discover is that you can use this prayer to teach other people how to pray. I've taught people how to pray using the Lord's Prayer, by writing these six areas, drawing a diagram in, 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 you know, on a napkin in a restaurant, okay? So, so let's walk through this prayer. And then at the end, I'd like to actually lead us um, so that we all pray through it. Now, we, we have created a, a diagram that lays out um, in a really simple way, it lays out these six areas of prayer. There's a link for you to access that diagram. You can print a copy of that. You can put it in your Bible. You can have it on your phone somewhere just to help you remember this way of praying. All right, the first area of this prayer is what I call presence. Jesus begins by saying, our Father in heaven. Now, what's he doing here? Well, he's wanting us to begin our prayer by focusing our hearts on the presence of God, the one that we are praying to. And notice how he describes this God as father. I mean, to call God father was so radical. No Jew at that time period would ever refer to God as father. But Jesus did. Jesus wants us to know right off the bat that this whole prayer thing is not a religious 
ritual. It is not a formula. It is a relationship with a God who loves you more than you can imagine. In Christ, you are his adopted sons and daughters. He is eager. He is eager for you to pray to him. I mean, as a parent, I love it when my kids come to, you know, to me just to talk. God loves when we come to him to spend time with him. Jesus wants us to know that we are not praying to a God who is too busy or is too distracted or on a cell phone or whatever, or is emotionally distant. No, we are praying to a God who wants to meet with us and who loves us beyond what we could ever imagine. And this father, Jesus tells us, is in heaven. Jesus wants us to know that this God who loves us is also on the throne of the universe. Nothing is too difficult for him. Imagine the impact in your life if every time you pray, you begin by reminding your soul that you are praying to a God who loves you and who is the Lord of creation. What what if your heart just rested in his presence before you prayed anything, prayed for anything else. Well, Jesus then moves on to a second part of the Lord's prayer, which is praise. Jesus says, hallowed be your name, which means may your name be honored as holy. So here Jesus is urging us to express praise to God for who he is and for what he has done. We take some time to praise him for his holiness, for his love, for his mercy. And we take some time to thank him for specific blessings that he has provided for us. I mean, this is so powerful. Rather than initially focusing on ourselves, we are focusing our hearts on the goodness of God. This simple heart posture of praise can root our souls in his joy. Well, Jesus then transitions to a third area of prayer, purpose. Jesus says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, as we've been learning in this current teaching series, Jesus talked a lot about the kingdom of God, not as a future reality in heaven. No, no, the kingdom of God is wherever Jesus is ruling as king now. So when Jesus urges us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, he is inviting us to partner with God in seeing God's influence and power manifest in our world right now. This is so cool. In this part of our prayer time, we're thinking of people or situations where God's power is needed to heal a marriage or to to provide a job for someone or to break an addiction in someone's life. We're praying for for our neighbors to come to Christ. We're praying for the horrors of sex trafficking to be broken. We're, We're partnering with God to bring his kingdom to earth right now, to bring his healing, his life, his peace, his freedom. Someone on our prayer team um, had a word for our church this weekend. She emailed this to me. And and what what she sensed, that as we pray on this Independence Day, chains will be broken. People will experience greater levels of freedom, young and old, rich and poor. Jesus is actively at work bringing his influence and power and rule into this world. And we get to partner with him through prayer. Who around you needs a breakthrough? Where do do, do we need more of Jesus in our nation? Are we praying for that? Are we praying for that? 
When we realize that we are partnering with God to bring life and hope and freedom and joy, we can't wait to pray. Well, Jesus then transitions from this to a fourth area of prayer, provision. Jesus prays, give us each day our daily bread. I mean, notice the beautiful shift that happens here. The first three areas of this prayer are focused on who God is and where his kingdom is needed. But in the second half of this prayer, Jesus encourages us to get personal. Where do we need his work in our lives? So Jesus encourages us here to pray for our daily bread. In other words, to pray for what we need. Sometimes we don't pray about things because we feel like they're too trivial to bring to God's attention. But friends, nothing is too trivial to bring to our Father's attention. If we care about it, He cares about it. So bring to Him whatever is on your heart, whatever need you have. And it's not only about needs. God also cares about what you want. Maybe there are heart desires that you have that you have never prayed about. Why not? God cares about your heart. The fifth area Jesus urges us to focus on in prayer is the area of pardon or forgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I love the fact that Jesus includes this. I mean, how often do we fall into the trap of thinking that because we just messed up, we can't pray? At least today, maybe we need to wait a few days. Yeah, we can't pray. We're not good enough. We're, we're tainted by this sin. But here Jesus reminds us prayer is for sinners prayer is for sinners. We don't have to clean up our lives in order to pray. No, we are praying to a God who forgives us. So Jesus encourages us to take some time to confess any sinful actions in our lives. Not, not so that you know, we, we beat ourselves up, but so that we experience his forgiveness. So once we experience afresh Jesus' forgiveness for our sins, guess what our hearts are now able to do? We're able to forgive those who have sinned against us, which is what Jesus mentions next. When we pray, Jesus urges us to include a time in which we examine our heart to see if there is anyone we're harboring bitterness towards. And in that place of prayer, we choose to forgive them. You see, Jesus wants our hearts to be free from the poison of bitterness he wants us to live in his grace, not only for ourselves, but for others, which is why he includes this area in the Lord's prayer by regularly asking for and offering forgiveness. Our hearts are more and more living out of his grace. The sixth area of this prayer is protection. Jesus prays and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You see, Jesus wants us to remember that we're in a battle with a very real spiritual enemy who is evil and who wants to do all he can to damage the work of God in us because, not that he cares about us, he wants to damage the work of God in us because by doing so, he robs God of glory. And one of the most powerful weapons we have against this enemy is prayer. We can't fight this enemy on our own. We need the power of God working on our behalf, which is why Jesus includes in this prayer, this final section, which focuses on our spiritual warfare. 
Now, there are two specific things Jesus urges us to pray for here. First, we pray in the name of Jesus for strength to resist temptation. Lead us not into temptation. Temptation is the primary way the enemy seeks to influence us, right? I mean, he can't, he can't force us to do anything. So he tries to seduce us with lies so that we freely choose to rebel against God. So Jesus urges us to pray for strength to resist temptation. And then secondly, Jesus urges us to pray for deliverance from the evil one. Jesus alone can save us from the enemy's tactics and schemes. So in prayer, we put on the fullness of who Jesus is and his blood that was shed for us. Through that blood, we can walk in his protection. So we pray in Jesus' name for protection over our life, over our family, over our relationships, over our our church, etc. All right, so that's how to pray through the Lord's prayer. That's how Jesus taught us to pray. A healthy prayer life includes all of these areas, presence, praise, purpose, provision, pardon, and protection. Regularly including all these areas in your prayer life builds a deepening relationship with God. I mean, sometimes I go through this prayer pattern in a few minutes. Other times I spend 30 minutes or more. It's very flexible and adaptable. It's simple enough for a child to use and yet deep enough for my friend Brian to use over decades to build a life of prayer. The Lord's Prayer can be our declaration of dependence on God. So I encourage all of us to create space in our daily lives to pray the way Jesus teaches us. And in doing so, to cultivate a life of deepening closeness with him. All right, well, let's pray. So I want to lead us as we pray through the Lord's Prayer. And as we do this, I want to encourage you to pay attention to any areas in your prayer life that perhaps have been, you've been missing out on, areas where a greater dependence upon Jesus or a greater awareness of Jesus is needed. All right, so, so let's begin with presence, our Father in heaven. So take a moment and rest in God's heart of love for you, his desire to be with you you. He is so glad that you are here, that you are praying to him. And now not only envision him as your loving father, envision him sitting on the throne of the universe, reigning as Lord. Nothing is too difficult for him. That's who we're praying to, your heavenly father who reigns in heaven. Okay, the second area, praise, hallowed be your name. So I want you to take a moment and praise God for a specific attribute that you're grateful for. Maybe his love, maybe his mercy, his holiness. Just praise him in the quiet of your heart. Just express praise to him for a specific attribute.
And now think of some specific blessing in your life that he has provided for you. And as you're enjoying that blessing, enjoying thinking about that, thank God for that. Tell him thank you for that blessing. Purpose, your kingdom come. So where do you long to see a breakthrough in the life of someone around you in terms of healing or freedom or salvation? Pray for God to do that right now. Pray for God to bring his kingdom into that situation. provision. Give us this day our daily bread. So what is something that you need or want, but you have felt like that is too trivial to bring before the God of the universe? And I want to encourage you right now to ask him for that. Ask him for that. pardon, forgive us our sins. So is there any sin or failure that you need to confess? Something that's maybe even kept you kind of distant from God, bring it to the cross right now, bring it to the cross and receive his forgiveness, receive his grace. And now rest in the truth that he has removed that sin as far as the east is from the west. He forgives you. As we forgive those who sin against us, is there anyone that you need to forgive? Anyone you're harboring bitterness towards? Then let's take a moment. And bring that, acknowledge the hurt and then bring that offense to the cross and leave it there. Now I realize that sometimes forgiveness is a journey. Sometimes forgiveness is a process and so... Maybe today was just a beginning of that for you. And we have resources in our church to help you walk through that journey. You can reach out to the church. We would love to help you in that way. And finally, protection. Lead us not into temptation. So take a moment and pray for strength from God to resist temptation in the areas that you struggle with. Deliver us from the evil one. Where do you need deliverance? Let's ask for it right now in the name of Jesus. Jesus, I want to join my prayers with those prayers for deliverance. 
anyone who's watching praying for deliverance from addiction or deliverance from discouragement or deliverance from some sin. We, we pray in the name of Jesus for greater freedom. We pray protection over each person watching this, God. So Jesus, we declare that we need you. Thank you for the privilege of prayer. This amazing thing. We get to pray. Thank you for that privilege. And thank you, Jesus, for teaching us how to pray. And so I ask you now, help us build a life of dependence upon you through the practice of prayer. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.